0: Good morning, everybody. Etienne, please tell me if I'm incorrect, because I have been known to be incorrect. I'm reading from the Bible this morning a couple of passages. The first one is uh, Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3. And that says, The Lord said to Abram, Grow from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. And I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. And the next one is Genesis 15. This is Philip's phone, so I have to figure out how to get there. No. that's right. I got it. Um. Genesis 15, verses 7 to 12. He also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land and to take possession of it. But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, how can I know that I will gain possession of it? So the Lord said to him, Bring me a heifer, a goat, and a ram, each three years old, along with a dove and a young pigeon. Abram brought all these things to him cut them in two and arranged the halves opposite each other. The birds, however, he did not cut in half. Then the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, Abram fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him.
1: Fantastic. Hello, everyone. Uh, My name's Etienne, and just, yeah, my word of welcome to Phil's as well. Uh, If you're new here, if it's your first time in church, it is fantastic to have you. It can be a bit of a a big thing to get into, uh, but it's great to have you. We love new people. We have new people here all the time. In fact, our entire existence is for new people. So, welcome. Great to have you. My name's Etienne, or just Et, uh, short, and I will kick off a new series today that we are going to launch. A series is really just when we spend a number of weeks on a, a section of the Bible, and we just journey through that and see, well, what is God saying to us through here? More than that, what does God want to change? And and what am I meant to experience through the lessons of this story? So that's what we're kicking off today. Uh, it is, or today, is really going to be a little bit like, I didn't know this word existed, but does anyone know what an intertitle is? I don't know either. Right? You do know what it is. You just don't know it's called that. And I've used this before as well in starting a series. You know when you watch a movie sometimes before that, there's some writing that comes on the screen that tells you some background that you need to know to make sense of the movie and to, and to sort of get what it's on about? Or a book, you know, a prologue where there's the pages and sometimes you confuse halfway through the book and you go, why don't I get this? And it's well, it's all in the prologue, I needed to read the stuff before to make sense of the stuff that happens in the book. This sermon today that I'm going to preach is a bit like that intertitle or a prologue. It really is important that we get some other stuff in the background before we get into the story of these people over here. I thought I'd, I'd pin them up. Uh, It was a bit funny, actually, during the week, there were some tradesmen working here um, at the church, and at some point, you know, they had to walk in and out of here. And I was just standing here with um, all these people, you know, figures of people and putting pins in them. And I thought, (laughs) I'd I'd hate to know what they're thinking. (laughs) I didn't explain, I just just kept on. Anyway, this is a family. Um, Up the top here, we have a man called Jacob. Um, And he has 12 sons by four women. If you think your family is messed up, it's not. It really is not. Uh, We're going to get to that at some point, and and the messed upness of it all is really a massive part of (laughs) the story and and the lessons we're going to get. But for the sake of today, here they are. I won't go through all their names. um, But I want to say at the outset, this whole series is not about Joseph. (laughs) Joseph is this guy in here. It's not really a story about Joseph. It's not even really a story about this family, although it's more a story about this whole family than it is just about Joseph. I tell you what this story is really about. It's about blessing. More particularly, it is about God's commitment to bless, well, you, right? God's relentless faithfulness to a promise that He has made that he will bless all of humanity through these people all the way down history, washing to where we sit today. Do you believe? I don't know what you think of God. I don't know who God is in in your frame of reference, but the question is, do you believe that God wants to bless you how much do you think he is committed to blessing you? And what does blessing even mean? What does it mean to say that God has blessed me? It's a loose term that people use for a very wide range of things, from from a, a photo with hashtag blessed awesome lunch, whatever, to all the way through to the deepest of the deepest of the deepest meaning of that word. I'm not going to define it just now, but I want you to hold on to that, because the meaning of what it means to be blessed is super important to the entire series. Okay, now, let me take a, a very big step back to start this prologue, and I'm going to go, I'm going to go right back to the beginning of the Bible. Uh, The Bible starts with Genesis. It's the first book of the Bible. In very short summary, especially if you're new to Christianity, this is useful to know. God creates uh, humanity. He puts them in a perfect place called symbolically the Garden of Eden. And at the end of the creation where people are created, God blesses them. (laughs) And he says, be fruitful, increase, multiply. Massive part of this blessing is that God is with them. They know God. They know the creator, they know the giver of all things, but they also know the gifts, and the gifts are all good. There's nothing wrong in this place. It is what we might call heaven. It is perfect. It knows nothing of the brokenness and the stuff that's not right about our lives. God blesses them, right? And then the story goes on that humans, we, each of us, chooses not to submit ourselves to God chooses to rebel, chooses to say to God, this blessing, we don't know, we kind of think that you're trying to do us in. We rebel, and the Bible calls this sin, and it enters into the story very early on. Humanity kind of spirals, violence enters into the story, and death, and it's sort of, this this blessing is just lost, it seems. Until in Genesis chapter 12, first reading that Grace read to us today, thanks Ryan, you can just whack that one up, God comes to a no-name man called Abram and he says, Abram, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to bless the whole world through you. It's an inconceivable promise. God is saying, I'm going to take the blessing that humanity had and lost and I'm going to return it. I'm going to restore it. And you, Abraham, I'm going to do it through you. Fast forward another three chapters. And Abram says to God, God, how do I know that this promise that you're making, that you're going to bless me, and you're going to bless all peoples through me, how do I know that it's true? How do I know that you're going to do it? How do I know that you're legit? Have you ever asked God that? you ever asked him, if he is really blessing you if he will bless you how do i know how can i be sure how can i be certain that god is who he says he is that he is good and that he will bless me that, that's such a such a deep question right we ask that i asked that you have asked that and maybe you are asking that in such a deep and hurtful place this morning, maybe it's a joyous place, I don't know but but this is what Abraham's asking, God, how do I know that I can trust your promise that you will bless me and all of my descendants? And then something, something so out of this world happens and I want to step you through that it has a few side windings but we'll get the punch of it I hope God says to Abram, bring me a few animals, a heifer, a goat, a ram, and then a pigeon and a dove. And here's what Abram does. a bit gross to us, but he cuts the three bigger animals in half, puts one half of the animal there, puts the other half of the animal there, arranges them like that. Makes no sense to us, right? But, but it did to Abraham. Here's why, because the done thing in those days was this, if, if, if two parties, usually it would have been two kings, if they made a promise to each other and said, this is what we're going to do, this is what we're committing to, what they would do is they would cut an animal in half, usually it was a donkey, and then the two kings, let's say it's two kings, what they would do is they would walk through those two halves of this severed animal as a pledge to say that if I do not do what I have promised to do, may I become like this animal. May the curse that fell on this animal fall on me if I don't stay true to my word, the promise that I'm making today. Hold on to that. Okay? Abraham cuts the pieces, there they lie. And then we read this. Thanks, Ryan. As the sun was setting, Abraham fell into a deep sleep and a thick and dreadful darkness came over him. Then the Lord said to him, (laughs) Know for certain that for 400 years your descendants will be strangers in a country not their own and that they will be enslaved and that they will be mistreated there. Abraham I will bless you. Abraham, those people and their descendants for 400 years will be enslaved and will be mistreated. And then I will rescue them. What does it mean to be blessed? What an astounding thing to be told at this point in time, for this man, Abraham, who who trusts God, by the way, who, who trusts him fully, and receives this kind of a promise. I'm not going to say more about that, but I'm introducing the themes that's going to come up again and again. Suffering, hardships, difficulty, and blessing. They seem to go together. Story goes on. Thanks, Ryan. Next bit. But I will punish the nation they served as slaves. Afterward, they'll come out with great possessions. You, however, will go to your ancestors in peace, be buried at a good old age, and the fourth generation of your descendants will come back here. For the sin of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. I don't want to spend a lot of time in here, but side note, if you're familiar with the Bible or Christianity, you know how we often ask, how can the old testament God be so violent? Particularly when you read how when Joshua and others sort of conquer um, all all the people that that they need to to live in the place that God has promised them. You know, there's a lot of violence in in that whole conquest. The people go, gee, how can God be so harsh? How can he be so cruel, so violent as we read the accounts of how that conquest took place? Here's the thing that we need to keep in the back of our minds, folks. God says in this line, Why am I waiting 400 years before I send my people into the promised lands? Because the sin of the Amorites have not reached its fulfillment. 400 years God gives this people group to see the error of their ways, to see that, hey, maybe there's a better way for us to live. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe we ought to think about who this God is or, or, or what is right, about what is wrong. 400 years. How patient is he? How patient has he been with us? How patient has he been with you? How patient has he been with me? Slow to anger, keen to wait that we may respond to receive the blessing. That's a side note, but it's, a, it's just an interesting one to pick up there. And now I'll get to the, to the, to the last and probably the, the, the meaty bit of this Genesis 15 passage. Thanks, Ryan. Here's what happens. We read that when the sun had set, darkness had fallen, a smoking firepot and a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces, remember? Pieces of these animals that were cut in half and laid aside. And on that day, the Lord made a covenant. Covenant is a promise with Abraham and said, essentially, I will bless you and bless your descendants. Okay, here's the thing, church. You don't have to say it, but just think to yourself there as you look at that. Who's passing between these pieces? It's God right? Smoking fire pot. Every time in Scripture when God is encountered and revealed, it's fire. It's fire in the burning bush for Moses. It's fire on Mount Sinai. Sorry, this is a lot of language if you're not familiar with it. It's fire when the Holy Spirit gets poured down. It is God who passes through those pieces and he says, I promise. Who's not passing through those pieces? Abraham. God is saying, the entirety of my blessing that I'm going to pour out on these people beyond them on you depends on me. I am the one making the commitment and I'm bound to myself. And if I don't make good on my promise, may what happens to these animals happen to me. Now, bread which we break the body of Christ broken for a complete forgiveness of all our sins the blood represented by the cup the blood of Christ poured out for a complete forgiveness of all our sins did our God know on that day that the broken bodies and the spilled blood is in fact what it would take to bless. See on the cross of Jesus. The full size of God's commitment to bless you. To bless me. To, to bless all of humanity. Through those people. Is seen in its full glory. How committed is God to you bless you is that committed is that committed Galatians we read this Brian can you just flick that next one please Christ redeemed us in other words Christ blessed us Christ brought the blessing of God back into our lives by becoming a curse for us like that animal Not because he was at fault or unfaithful, but because we were. He redeemed us. In order that the blessing given to Abraham might come to the Gentiles. That's us. Through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit that we may be with God and know God again forever in fullness. My friends, what do you think it means to be blessed? It means that God would stop at Nothing to make you his own. Nothing. Do you know him as this this God? But what about my suffering? What about my sin? You may say to me, and I could well say to you, you, you don't know how bad I am. You don't know perhaps how much of an Amorite I am inside. What about my suffering? The things in my life that are not right. The hardships and the afflictions that I'm going through right now. The relational breakdown that I have in my life. I don't know. I'm going to deal more in detail with those things. But there's there's a number of sufferings and struggles and hardship and brokenness that I can name right here. and And you say to me, I have these things. What about them? How do they fit into this notion of blessing? I I won't do the detailed work with you today. That's what this series is for, but I can tell you today, the one thing you're going to see in this series is that suffering and even your sin, the hand of God, and that's what this family shows us, takes that sin, he takes that suffering and he uses it he uses it to bless you. This is a thing about God. He somehow has this incredible God-like ability to take all those pieces, all the suffering, everything that's not right, and he, he changes it, He transforms it, and He brings it out into blessing as we see it in the cross. That's what we're going to see, and it is my hope, it is my sincere trust that the end of the series, we may say, maybe for the first time, if that's for you, maybe just to a depth that we never have before, the words of Ephesians 1 verse 3, I praise God who blessed me with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Please pray with me. Father, we, we're in such um, a variety of places this morning as we hear these things. And yet the same promise you hold out here this morning to, to each of us. But you seek to bless us. And that you are committed to our blessing to the point of the cross. I pray that we this morning would seek it, not because we can on our own, but because you will do something in us that would make us reach out for it, yearn for it, Lord. And by your grace, I pray, over the next few weeks, but even today, find our blessing there on the cross. You're a remarkable God. There truly is none like you who would make a promise such as what you have to Abraham, knowing what it would take of you to fulfill it. And yet you did. And we hear it. And Lord, we we say thank you. Not just in words, but in so many other ways. And our desire is to live in gratitude that reflects our increasing understanding of what you've done for us. I pray for this series, I pray that as we learn the lessons of of, of Joseph, but really not just of Joseph, but of each of the members of this family, Lord, and as we see ourselves in them, Lord, that it would truly change us. But Lord, not in a way that tells us only how we're falling short, but really rediscovering again and again how you have blessed us despite everything about us. These things I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.